This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you that are watching today. We want to thank you for tuning in. Now today on our telecast, we have a subject to discuss that comes from the Old Testament from the prophet Jeremiah, and I have entitled it, Broken Cisterns. I hope you'll stay tuned as we discuss this prophecy, or this message from, let me start over, that wasn't a prophecy, the way it was. Let me start over from the top. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. We want to thank you for tuning in. And now today on our telecast, we're going to discuss a subject that comes from the pen of Jeremiah the prophet. Jeremiah was a prophet in a hard time, and he had a message to a people who weren't listening. And our subject today is entitled, Broken Cisterns. I hope that you'll stay tuned as we discuss that today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I would like to emphasize the course is free. We want you to avail yourself of the opportunity to receive it. Why don't we pause so you can learn more about the Bible course, and you can learn how you can receive it at, at, uh, free of charge. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I want to read a, a couple of passages from the book of Jeremiah. I'm in the second chapter of Jeremiah. Verse 12 and verse 13. Be astonished, O heavens, at this, and be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns, that can hold no water. Judah was facing a very hard, difficult time. The northern kingdom of Israel was now history. They had gone into Assyrian captivity. And it was in the 13th year of the reign of Josiah that Jeremiah was called to be a prophet. In the first chapter of Jeremiah, verse 5, the Lord said, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And thus, even before Jeremiah was born, the Lord knew that he was going to be his prophet. And then Jeremiah said, Ah, oh Lord, behold, I cannot speak, for I'm a youth. In other words, I'm too young to be this kind of a spokesman for you, Lord. But then the Lord said to him, and this is very interesting to me in verse 7, do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, 
for I'm with you to deliver you, says the Lord. So Jeremiah was called to be a prophet, and at first he was quite reluctant. And the Lord took away all of his excuses because the Lord said, I'm going to give you your message. And he sent a message to the city of Jerusalem from Jeremiah. Beginning in chapter 2, the Lord's told him to do this. Go and cry in the hearing of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord, I remember you, the kindnesses of your youth, the love of your betrothal, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown, Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruits of his increase. All that devour him will offend. Disaster will come upon him, says the Lord. So he sent this message to Jerusalem through Jeremiah. And the problem with the, that the Lord had with his people was twofold. Number one, they had forsaken him. And number two, they had made cisterns that held no water. I got to thinking many people may not understand about a cistern. Well, a cistern is nothing more than a man-made reservoir that, that's used for the storing of water. It's an underground tank that for water storage. Now, in Jerusalem, half of the year, the water is quite scarce, and then when it begins to rain... Uh, they would store the rainwater in these cisterns. A cistern is quite different than a well. A well is fed by underground seepage, whereas a cistern is fed by the water that uh, run off water from after the rain. Now, in the Bible, most of the times that the word cistern is used, it is symbolic. This is the way that is used in Proverbs, the fifth chapter in verse 15, where Solomon said to drink water out of your own cistern. Well, if you look at the context, he's addressing men and he's telling men to just uh, stay with your wife. Don't be drinking water out of somebody else's well, somebody else's cistern. In Jeremiah 2.13, where the Lord said, My people have committed two evils, forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that hold no water. Here God is referred to as being the fountain of living water. But Judah's unfaithfulness at this time was like a broken cistern. It was like a broken cistern that would hold no water. One of those cisterns, if it had no water in it, was frequently used as a prison. As a matter of fact, there was a time that Jeremiah was put into one of those empty cisterns. And the stonework of those cisterns often would break and it would cause seepage and the cistern then would not hold water. I think the point here is a good one to be made and that is when we cut ourselves off from the fountain of living water and then we try to satisfy our thirst on things of this world, there will be no satisfaction. Jeremiah's task was a hard one. His task was to watch the death of a nation, and it was to see it in its uh, final convulsions as the nation died. Eventually, they went into captivity as well. Now, here was the problem. Go back to verse 13. They have forsaken me. 
And it is some of those of some sad words. They have forsaken me. You see, this was a nation that was brought to birth by the Lord himself. Listen to it. He said, I, I remember you, the kindness of your youth, the love of your betrothal. Uh, when you went after me in the wilderness, in a land not sown, Israel was holiness to the Lord, the first fruits of his increase. You see, God had delivered these people from bondage. Uh, in verse 6, they did not say, Where is the Lord who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, who led us through the wilderness, through a land of deserts and pits, through a land of drought and the shadow of death, through a land that no one crossed and where no one dwelt? I brought you, listen to what he said to them, I brought you into a bountiful country. In other words, a country flowing with milk and honey, to eat its fruit and its goodness. But when you entered, you defiled my land. And so God was at the center of the national life of these people. And they had loved him. That's what he reminds them in verse number two. But the sad thing about it all, in spite of all that God had done for them, in spite of how God had delivered them from bondage and blessed them and loved them, they forgot about him. I want you to notice the 32nd verse in this chapter. And there is a question that is asked, actually uh, and it's maybe two questions. Will you come no more? To, we will come to you no more. Can a virgin forget her ornaments or bride her attire? Yet my people have forgotten me days without number. So there's the question. Would, would a young girl on her wedding day forget to buy a wedding dress? Absolutely not. As a matter of fact, months and months before that day, she already has that dress. And she has to make sure over all of those months that she doesn't gain any weight so that she'll be able to get it in on her wedding day. She's not going to forget that. And a bride is not going to forget her attire on that day. And, and yet the Lord said, even though you would not do that, my people have forgotten me days without a number. And that's a sad thing when people forget about God. And they and their prosperity had turned away from God. As a matter of fact, Sometimes prosperity makes it difficult for people to remember God. I have often thought that when people become prosperous, that's the very time that so many of them turn away from God. Look back in the book of Deuteronomy, the 32nd chapter and verse 15, where the Bible says, But Jeshurun grew fat and kicked. You grew fat, you grew thick, you are obese. And what he's meaning, he's not talking about their physical makeup. He's talking about their attitude and that they were rich and they were prosperous and they were blessed of God. And then he says, then he forsook God who made him and scornfully esteemed the rock of his salvation. And the fact is, the more prosperous people become the more difficult it seems for them to look to God for help. I have thought in recent times in America, if maybe the reason that we're having some very difficult times in this country is because we have forgotten about God. And maybe one of the blessings that will come out of the difficult times we're having so far as the economy is concerned is that people will realize again how much they need the Lord. And so they, in their prosperity, turn from their trust in God. It's easier 
for a person to trust God in their weakness. And that may sound strange to you, but the fact is when we are weak, we realize we need someone upon whom we can lean. So they had forsaken God, the fountain of living water. Well, what did they do in the place thereof? They hewed themselves out cisterns, cisterns that would not hold water. Now, as the city of Jerusalem grew, uh, they became too large for their water supply, and so they started building cisterns all over the city. It would rain, that water would then flow into those cisterns, and uh, they would use that runoff water. But broken cisterns, he, he refers to them as broken cisterns. You see, it'd be very easy for one of those cisterns did a crack in it. If it had a crack in it, it's not going to hold any water. And so they were like broken cisterns. They would not hold water. They were useless, absolutely useless, because they had forsaken God, the fountain of living water. I want you to think with me about modern cisterns that people have made because they have forsaken God. Broken cisterns. Now remember, a broken cistern is of absolutely no value. Now what are some of them? Well, Israel had hers. First of all, they had the broken cistern of false gods. Notice down in the eighth verse of this chapter, chapter 2, the, the, prophets did, uh, the priests did not say, where is the Lord? Isn't that sad? The priests, the very people who ought to be saying, here is the Lord, are not asking, where is the Lord? Those who handle the law did not know me. Isn't that a sad thing? You would think that those that were handling, handling the law would know the Lord. These would be somewhat like preachers today and church leaders today. They did not know the Lord. And those who handled the law did not know the Lord. The rulers also transgressed against me. The rulers did not know the Lord. They transgressed against God. The priests did not know the Lord. Those that were handling the law did not know the Lord. And notice in the uh, next he says, the prophets prophesied by Baal and walked after things that do not profit. They were cisterns that hold no water. Now that was their problem. Number one, they had false gods. In spite of the fact that God had instructed them in the giving of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt have no other gods before me. They had false prophets. And they had been warned time and again to, about these false prophets. In Jeremiah chapter 5 and in verse 30 and 31, there Jeremiah says that a wonderful and a horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests bear rule by their means and my people love to have it so. They had people telling them lies and yet that's the very thing the people wanted to hear. They had broken cisterns, broken cisterns. Really time doesn't change much, does it? In 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul told Timothy in verse 2, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own selves shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and shall be turned from the truth and turned unto fables. Paul said there's a, you need to be a preacher of the word and you need to stand up and be strong and preach the word because the time is coming men will not endure 
sound doctrine. But what they will do is they will do like these people in Jeremiah's time. They're going to get people to tell them things that are not true and they will enjoy it. They will like it. They will want them to tickle their ears, say things that are pleasing to the ear. So that's what was going on in Jeremiah's time. Now, we are just as guilty today, I fear, because we have gods today. Now, God is anything that's the master of your life that controls you. I want you to think about the God of materialism. And I think the God of materialism is, is so prevalent today that, that we may not even realize that we are bowing down to the God of materialism. Jesus warned about the materialistic attitude. In Luke the 12th chapter in verse 15 when he said, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. And so we need to beware that, the, that life is not made up of, of houses and lands and stocks and bonds and cars and checking accounts and, and, and the like. You see, life is more than that. Life has to do with your relationship to the Lord. And then beginning from that point, Jesus began to talk about a, a, a rich farmer who, whose produce was so plentiful, he had to tear down his barns and build greater. And he said that he was going to eat and drink and be merry. He, he, he thought he had a long time to live. I want you to listen to what Jesus said to him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Are you rich toward God? Are you bowing down to the God of materialism? That's a broken cistern. Another broken cistern in our modern society is the broken cistern of immorality. To talk about living a life of purity today sounds old-fashioned. But it's really not old-fashioned, it's biblical. But I realize that it's sort of out of tune with the way people think and the way people act today. But the Bible says, keep yourself pure. The Bible says that pure religion, undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We're to stay away from the world and the world system. But immorality will sap the spiritual vitality out of an individual. And yet many are bowing down to the God of immorality. It's now very difficult for some people to understand that there is a line of demarcation between what's right and what's wrong. And they have almost erased that line. And in their minds, right is what I want to be right and wrong is what I want to be wrong. And they have left God totally and completely out of the equation. But God is still God in heaven, Daniel 2, 28. And God still is the one who determines what is right and what is wrong, and that's determined by His Word. In the Bible, in 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter and verse 9, Paul said, Know ye not that the unrighteous, the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And then he lists some people or kinds of sins that he had in mind, sins like fornication and, and, and being effeminate and, and, and the like. But then he went on to say, and such were some of you. There was a time that some of these people were guilty of those sins of immorality. But now you're washed, sanctified, and justified. In other words, whatever you may have done that's immoral in the sight of God can and should be forgiven. 
if you will comply with the Lord's terms of pardon. But the point I'm trying to make is living a life of immorality is like a broken cistern that's not going to hold water. And then there are false teachers today, if there are false teachers aplenty. But Jesus warned us about that when he said, Beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. They may come, they look like a sheep, but they're not a sheep at all. They just look like a sheep. And they're going to devour you just like a wolf. And we need to try the spirits to see whether or not those spirits are of God. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1. And the way we try the spirits, we put them to the Bible test. We try to see, is what that man is teaching, can I find that in the Bible? Is it in the Bible that all a person has to do to be saved is just put their hand on the television screen and, and, and pray along with him as he's praying? Or is that in fact what the Bible teaches? Or just fall down and say, Lord, come into my heart. Is that what the Bible teaches? Put him to the acid test. Is that what the Bible teaches? We need to try the spirits because so many people, good people, honest people, sincere people are being deceived today. That's a broken cistern that holds no water. And then there is the God of a false sense of security, false sense of prosperity. I, I have thought that in years gone by that in America that we in our minds have built a hedge around ourselves, thinking that there's nothing that could penetrate that hedge and ever harm us. But I think in recent years we have learned that that hedge can be penetrated. We learned that on September the 11th when there were so many people that were killed in that terrorist attack. But, but we have a false sense of security today and a false sense of prosperity. And that's like a cistern doesn't hold water. That was the problem with the people of Laodicea and the church in Laodicea. The city of Laodicea was destroyed on one time, at one point and, and they refused aid from the government because they said, we can do it ourselves. And that attitude of self-sufficiency penetrated the church. And when the Lord wrote a letter to the church at, at Laodicea, he, he said, you're saying that you're rich and you're increased in goods and you have need of nothing. Isn't that a, a, a terrible attitude for a person to, to, to have, that I'm rich, I'm increased in goods, and I don't need anything? That would include the Lord, would it not? I don't even need the Lord. But the fact is, that's a broken cistern. Every human being, every person watching this telecast right now worships something. You may not worship the God of heaven, but you worship something. There's something you worship. And your God is whatever you bow down to in your life. Well, I don't mean literally bow down to it, but it's whatever controls your life. Even the avowed atheist has his God. And your God is the master of your life. And whatever controls you is your master. I would urge you to not forsake God, the, the fountain of living water. That's a sad thing that many in our modern society have forsaken God. They don't want His Word to be in public places. They don't want it in schools. They don't want prayer to be there. They, they would like to exclude the name of God from the currency that we have in our pockets and our purses. They, they would like to, to remove any mention of God, any mention of the Bible in our society today. They've forsaken the Lord who's the fountain of living water. 
and they've hewed them out cisterns that will hold no water. But now what I would like to do is to encourage you to come to the fountain of living water. And I call your attention to the fourth chapter of John when Jesus came to Jacob's well. And when he came to Jacob's well, there was a Samaritan woman there and Jesus asked her to give him something to drink. That's in verse 7. And the woman could not understand how Jesus, being a, Samaritan, uh, being a Jew, would ask her, a Samaritan, to give him something to drink because there was no de dealings between the two, that is, the Jews and the Samaritans. But Jesus responded, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you, listen to it, living water. He would have given you living water. And then Jesus went on. He said, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. That is, out of Jacob's well, you'll get thirsty again. But he said, whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will come up in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Don't you want that water? Don't drink out of an empty cistern that doesn't hold water. Why don't you come to the fountain of living water? As a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, would you be willing... Would you be willing to repent of your sins? Luke 13, 3. Would you be willing to say, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And as a penitent believer in Jesus, would you be willing to, uh, to be baptized into Christ for the remission of your sins? On the day of Pentecost, when the people asked, what shall we do? The answer they were given was this, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Would you be willing to do that today? That's not a broken cistern. My friend, that's the fountain of living water. Why don't you accept it today? Why don't you become a Christian? If we can help you, let me know. Now, before we close, I would like to give you a very personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And if you're not certain where it's located, you get in touch with us, either by calling, emailing us, or writing, and we will give you the location of the church. And please, please, right now, pick up the telephone and call the number that you see on the screen and request the free Bible correspondence course. Lives are changed every day by the study of this Bible course. I can promise you, all over the world, people are studying this Bible course. And I want you to have it, and I want you to think seriously about right now, without any hesitation, picking up the phone and calling. I want to thank you for watching our telecast today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer. Coming to Faulkner has been one of the best decisions of my life. Not only have I had the chance to meet many great professors, but I've had the chance to be educated by them and become their friends. I had the opportunity to serve the community through Faulkner service programs. I really enjoyed using my talents by helping others. At Faulkner University, we seek to educate the whole person, including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.